Hello? Hello. Hello. Go ahead, say hello. One, two, three, four, five, six, <laughs> seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So, 13. okay. Oh, wow. You said 12 and 13 when it counted to 12 and 13. That was expert work, and you didn't even well, know you were doing it. I, you know. That's, you know. All, that's what timing's all about. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is the podcast. Hello, everyone. Our levels are good. Levels are good. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's cut this part out. I, I don't want my podcast to open on level talk. Mm, it's, it's on the level, though. It's at the level that people have come to expect from me, mm-hmm. and if I don't... <laughs> Go on. Go on to podcast, gotcha. It's like, if I don't... And then I, I did that on purpose. I was just getting it. A... We just want to get started on talking about levels and then dead air. Yeah. Levels, <laughs> cool. dead air, and then you go into it. Cool. <laughs> Um, so, mm-hmm. so Alan, you and I know each other from, uh, through Duplex Comedy Suplex. That's correct. And how did you first hear about it? I, uh, I can't Alan, remember. Alan Strickland Williams was like, I'm doing a show tonight, come see it. I was like, sure. Yeah. And then it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was, and my friend Jess, and like, you did a, like, a, a long bit about like, the punchlines weren't the good part. You're like, well, I used to sleep standing up, and here's a punchline. And we'd be like, go back. You sleep standing up. Like, I don't think you identified what the funny part of your bits were. But, like, the entire audience was like, does that hurt your feet? How would you learn to do And you were like, oh, yeah, like, I sleep standing up because it was easier, and I didn't have a bed. So, anyway, this funny thing happened. <laughs> This is the best show I've ever seen. You had another one. You didn't. You didn't like dirty talk and porn. And you're like the entire audience was like a bunch of perverts. Like, and we were just like, you're literally. You're like, you know, don't you hate when women talk dirty? We're like, no, literally everyone here loves that. I don't know if you're relating to the audience. I think so. For those jokes where it's like ridiculous, it was mm-hmm. just you know topics that I had thought of that I hadn't been able to articulate. It was funny. I mean, no, I'm not. I, I came back the next week. I told people about it. My friend Jesse was there. We were, we were like dumbstruck. Like I wanted to make a documentary about the duplex then to the day I die. That was the missed opportunity. Hey, it can still come back. It's on hiatus. Yeah, I know. It'll be the second half of a documentary in many ways though. I feel like this entire thing was like, I don't know, like the arc of it was very documentary worthy. Yeah, well, I mean, some people took pictures and other people remember it. I didn't do that much. <laughs> yes. I, I didn't. <laughs> sure. It's like they're documented yeah, yeah, out here. Something happened and some people <laughs> may or may not. It existed. Can't take that away. It was a whisper. It was a time and a place, man. <laughs> It was like 90s rave. Nobody, there was no documentation whatsoever. It was Dude, a whole phenomenon. The time where I thought it was going to explode mm-hmm. was when um, Chris Hardwick talked about it on the beginning of a Nerdist episode. Really? Yeah, and it was the Nerdist episode where it was J.J. Abrams was the mm-hmm. guest, and they talked about Clen, Clen Toverfield Lane, mm-hmm. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Okay. Um, and I was like, holy shit, he shouted out the show. So many people are going to come. No. Maybe like two or three over time. <laughs> I mean, how does Chris Hardwick is, is hip to your... Should we... Should we does he, the whole podcast audience is up to speed on what we're talking about? Should he, we... He did. He was. Um, so uh, I went to... Should we say you used to do a show out of your house? 
Yeah. Okay. So he, uh, what was it? It was through, they just do listener shout-outs sometimes. Okay. And um, I sent an email. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've been doing this show out of my living room for <coughs> almost a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really fun. Here's what it's called. Here's how to get there. Mm-hmm. And then they shouted it out. And I was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Then nobody came. Then nobody came. Not even Chris Hardwick himself. <laughs> he doesn't seem like a busy guy. You know what? I, I, I know you're not supposed to. I know you're not supposed to like talk shit in LA, but like I hated Singled Out when I was a kid, like passionately. And then like I guess he like said he was in the D and D, and like now he's like the most popular guy in the world. And amen. Chris Hardwick, when you hear this, you'll always be the guy from Singled Out. He's he's listening. I know he's listening. Mm-hmm. I'm stepping on toes. I ain't dude, afraid. Dude, this is episode 209. He's a twat. 209. <laughs> wow. Like, just liking things isn't the same as, like, being worthwhile as a human being. You're just like, really, Star Wars is really fun. It's like, yeah, like, everyone in the world thinks that, except adults. <laughs> I wish that I, were true. I, I like him. He's, he was nice to me. There's a couple of times. That's the thing, people, he's nice. People take, but, like, everyone's in that. I don't know. Like, not being nice is nice. like a job. Not everyone's nice. Not anymore. I mean, not everyone's nice, but, like, I don't know if that's enough. I mean, nice people all the time. They shouldn't. Well, okay, so there's, like levels of nicety you know you can you can be nice to be nice mm-hmm. you can be nice if you're nice mm-hmm. or you can be nice to i don't know try and impress someone that's probably the three levels right i don't know because people who be nice just to be mm-hmm. nice probably you aren't usually nice people who are nice mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're nice mm-hmm. that's nice sure <laughs> sure man and then people who are nice to impress people or to like show off or something. I don't, I don't care why. <laughs> I feel if they were doing it because like Hitler told them to, I'd be like, <laughs> okay, like thank you for the night. I don't know, like I don't like to. It's like when people are like, oh, he's like when if, people if, are if a guy genuine. sleeps with like ninety girls and sleeps with one guy. People are like, oh, he was gay all along. It's like no, I mean, it's like he could be bi. When you were having sex with a woman, that's like a very not gay thing to do. I don't know. <laughs> I just I, I judge people by their actions. When you get into like their head, it's like yeah, I don't know. Dude, that's like that's thought a, crime. That's another thing that all of the allegations that have come out. It's like holy fucking shit. Put mm-hmm. them on the list. Put them on the list. Put them on the list. Oh, that whole thing. Yeah. It's real. Yeah, I know it's real. It's fucked up. I know. Dude, I didn't do anything. So I, don't, I'm <laughs> I know. It's like. Hey, how about how about some work for those of us who haven't done that shit? I don't I don't know. Like it just it's not it's not my business. Like like people like are like, what do you think of Louis C.K.? It's like he's a millionaire, he'll never meet me. My judgment has no bearing on the universe. It's like a thought in my head. Well, that some of these are thought barriers that we've got from just yes, thought like, barriers. From, from capitalism just going, Hey, that's the way it is, man. Yeah. Like capitalism tells us all, hey man. You better make some money or else you're not going to have a happy life. And it's like, well, I can have a happy life and not have that much money. Mm-hmm. I can have, have, have a happy life and have like residual money that comes in from cool shit. Mm-hmm. But to to be like, I need to make millions and millions of dollars mm-hmm. to, to be happy, mm-hmm. that's where people's views get skewed. And that's where like all the, the shit. But it's true. Huh? But it's true. There isn't. I mean, if you have a few million dollars, you're just immediately happy. <laughs> have you ever seen someone win the lottery? They are very happy. That's like that old, that old 
Daniel Tosh bit. You know mm-hmm. the one I'm talking about? No. Where it's like, this from, I think, his first album, Completely mm-hmm. Serious, and he was like, um, they say money doesn't buy happiness, it buys a wave runner. You ever seen someone smile on a wave runner? Hmm. It's impossible. Try it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts acting out. like, <laughs> but it uh th- there's some um some study that someone did yeah yeah the happiness curve the yeah. money makes you happy i didn't need to study you for that i just people have given me money and i just immediately i'm a poker player but and like after a certain amount of money it doesn't really matter because you're still reaching for something and then yeah below I'm... a certain amount of money like it's a certain level and so it's it's around when you're making so much so that you can have so many things per mm-hmm. year, then you're, like, happy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I want to break all that. I want to break all that and just be like, uh-uh. Would, I mean, do you want to live in the woods, though? I mean, you say that, but then you're like, well, I want to live in L.A. <laughs> like, we should, like, I don't know. I know people no, but who, there's like, a lot to of, Portland. There's and... a lot of just land around L.A. that's, like, close enough, mm-hmm. but just... Not super far, and then people go, what? I don't know. But yeah. that's that's another that's another conversation for. Sure, sure. I, I mean, I'll get into that, but that doesn't sound as interesting. As for that. another time, but yeah, we were talking about this thing earlier that I can't say on the internet yet. Not gonna say it yet. So writing. <laughs> just just for the audience, he put his hand up like he was whispering to the microphone. <laughs> And visually, that's important. <laughs> it's important just for the audience to know that he's, he's committed <laughs> to the conspiracy. I'm committed to the bit. Mm-hmm. You guys, you'll hear about it. Just not yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so how long have you been writing for I don't know. If, or, you what, know, what are, writing you, is a funny thing. Yeah, you do a lot. Of, you do a lot of things, and yeah, like like if you stop writing for a while, then you're just not a writer anymore, and you, <laughs> and you have to beat yourself up rather than <laughs> answer that question. <laughs> I've been like not writing for a couple weeks now, so that, that's actually like a really sore question. <laughs> that's Man, like... I've been there. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of things do you write? Um, and have you written? Uh, I used to write, like, straight-up comedy, and then my comedy got weirder and weirder till it wasn't comedy anymore, <laughs> and it was just, like, weird, I don't know, David Lynchy, post-Tim and Eric, like, I, like I, I did a show at the UCB in LA, and they said it was the the worst show they'd ever seen there, <laughs> and he was, not only did not like it, was insulted by it. And this was, and that nine months after I did my show, he emailed me too. He's like, usually we let people know in a week, but I didn't even think of it. And nine months later, like, popped into his head. I should tell him I was insulted by this. And to be honest, that was my intended response. I'm like, oh yeah, no, that, it was meant to insult the upright citizen's theory of comedy. Like, I hate improv. It's like so empty and like theater nerd and just like it's the lowest. Like, people make fun of prop comedy, but like improv is lower. Because at least prop comedy, like, you you put some effort into it before you got there. Here's, here's something that I, I, I got to say about improv. It's like, because I've never been in an improv troupe. Mm-hmm. I have seen improv done well. I've also seen improv do be done very poorly. And it's, it's, the, it's the thing of like, when improv is going well, it's going really well. Mm-hmm. But when it's going poorly, 
It's so bad. And I just, as an adult, I'm just like, why don't you improv at home, figure out what works, and do that in front of me later? Like, I don't need to see the rehearsal. I don't know. Like, like respect the audience enough to, like, know what you're going to do before you get up there. Like, but that's part of improv is that it's on the spot. Yeah, that's why I looked down on it. But, <laughs> know, but know how to use the tools that you've learned or purportedly mm-hmm. have learned. To that, to keep things moving smoothly, to make it mm. funny, to no, yeah. I get it. You don't have to explain improv to me. I get no, it. I mean like no, I get, I get it. Yeah. I just look down on it and think it's the low form of comedy. <laughs> like when you compare it to the best improv show I've ever seen, and I've seen some good ones. When I was like in my early twenties, I'd, I'd get in my car, I'd drive nine hours to New York, and I'd see like five UCB in a show, shows like every show, and just like die of laughter, and like the next day be like first in line. And I was really into it when I was twenty, but then like. After you see a few, you're like, wait a minute, these are all kind of the same. Like, it's just kind of <laughs> the same. I mean, to a certain age, it's not like a lot of people older than 25 in the audience. It's just some. I don't want to shit on it too it's, much. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of people going, hey, I'm pretty fucking funny. And given these other people, if they're funny, we're going to be funny. So you want to watch us be funny? That's what it is. Yeah. And... I mean, <laughs> when it's good, I've seen good shows. I mean, I, I, there's certain people I really like. The dude from 30 Rock, Jack Breyer. Yeah. He, when I used to go to New York, he'd, he'd do like five shows in a night. I would just watch all of them. And Jack I was McBrayer. so happy when he got on TV. I'm like, oh, that's the dude from the Upright Citizens Brigade. Yeah. But like in real life, like compared to like, I just saw a Chappelle's new special last night. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it. it's it's one, it really redeems him because the last one was terrible. Um, so the last couple have been terrible. This one's actually kind of good. But I'm um, like, the, like the level of like experience that like he can bring where like it's thoughtful and rehearsed. <laughs> Um, compared to like four college theater nerds, like being yeah. like hey, wacky bananas. There's a, I mean, there's a, uh, there's that weird uh, levels thing that where mm-hmm. you're like, well, there's improv, there's like clowns, there's mm-hmm. stand up, there's writer, there's. Um... It's ska music, is what it is. It's like, do you want to listen to ska music <laughs> or do you want to listen to fucking? Dude, sometimes I really do want to listen to ska the music. Wall. Yeah, okay, that's cool. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to say I don't love the uh, certain hits of yesteryear so out. and today. Oh, and the entire Mighty Mighty Boston's <laughs> discography, I would say. I mean, Dickie Barrick and the gang. I can go Boston's all day. Pie tasters, I can go deep cuts. You know, toasters? but they're... Yeah, pie tasters, sure. No, that, toasters. I know the toasters. Yeah. We have skulls, a little VGS. Yeah, I mean, we, we could do the Swing Revival. I mean, <laughs> but at the end of the day, do you want to be Swing Revival or do you want to be fucking Kid A? Like, have some aspirations. Okay, computer. Any any of them. Pick your Amnesiac. Mm-hmm. An underrated great hit. And um, what's the one with Parachute? I don't know. They're all good. My, my point, though, is that improv is bad. <laughs> <laughs> and if there's anything anyone that says podcast takes away... Like at my at my funeral, I want people to be like he he hated improv. Like so, uh, in in my time of doing the podcast, I've actually gotten better at improvising, and like knocking ideas back and forth, mm-hmm. and like doing random characters and shit. Mm-hmm. And so I know the merit to it. Like I know that there is something to it, and yeah. that there's there's like there's well, a talking gre- is there's improv. a greener side. Talking is improv, but. Good talking is way better than boring talking. Because you hear, I've heard some podcasts where I'm like, I'm bored as fuck right now. Like, I don't know what it is, but I just don't want to listen to the rest of this. And I've heard other ones where I'm like, I don't know what they're going to say next. 
I want to hear all of this. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's good things and bad things. <laughs> <laughs> we agree. Um, so, so writing-wise, you said mm-hmm. you've written mostly comedy stuff, and then you just kind of... Oh, it got weirder and weirder until I was an insult to comedy, which intentionally was the <laughs> point of the show. We had, like, fake improv. People would come out and, like, have, like... It seemed like they were bad, but then it was, like, a super rehearsed, like, Shakespearean riff. And, like, and then we were just being, like, improv's dumb. Like, not, not essentially, but, like, that was the subtext. And there were, like, 45 suicides in it. And there was, like, a, a super cut of anytime anyone's killed themselves in a movie. It's, like, the opening. That's how we open. And I was in the front row laughing hysterically, which, in a way, was, like, a meta part of the show. Anyway, it was... In insult to comedy, although in fairness, it killed it. It killed it. Uh, Sketchfest, but whatever, different strokes. But then, uh, then I started doing music videos because I got really into the visual side of it. <clears throat> I'm like trying to make like Terry Gilliam would be my thing. Would be like the comedy got so like so. Re- I was trying to make it so surreal that like that was. It was like, but then after a while of that, which I really liked, I did some cool music video type stuff and did some stuff for bands and whatever. Uh, I really miss punchlines. Like, I really, like, I want to go back. The next thing I'm making, I want the surrealness and cool, like, visual craziness of, like, a Michelle Gondry video. Yeah. But, like, I really want, like, it to be hilarious. That's my next thing. Like, I, 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 I was funny. Music video hilarious? Yeah. Like, um, like, Mighty Boosh meets Michelle Gondry, there's basically. A, there's, a, there's a band called Burnsden. Have mm-hmm. you heard of them? No. They've got this song called Super Time. Mm-hmm. And if you watch the music video... You might lose your shit because it's it's crazy and funny and like weird. And oh, there's some very funny music videos in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have a, I I collect them. I like I watch I wake up every day and I watch music videos for an hour and then I like uh, save the best of them to a Tumblr. Nice. It's like a secret Tumblr. But what I always do is I always like if I like one I basically suck the director's dick and like hashtag them. So like a lot of music video directors have done like one video once, like will Google themselves and the only thing they'll come up will be like, This guy's the shit and then they follow my Tumblr. Nice. Yeah, and then I like will like, you know, talk at them. I'll be yeah. like, Oh, I know this guy follows my Tumblr. You're really cool. <laughs> I don't know. And... Yeah, that's a cool way to reach out. Because it's like... But they don't have a lot of fans. It's not like guys who knows who directed like, a, yeah, and like eight years ago one video for like a band no one's heard of. Yeah, like it's, it's still like, that was the shit. And it's subtle enough that, that you're like you're not like blasting them with comments or at replies or whatever. You're just like, oh, okay, they followed my shit. That means it's okay to talk to them. Cool, cool. We both respect each other. Yeah, That's... I mean, I, I consider them my peers, but I don't know if, if I have had my like breakthrough work yet. Mm-hmm. So maybe I think they're my peers and they think I'm just some dude. Which is in real life what's going on. Uh, so, like, I've had a couple things I thought were my breakthrough work, and then like, what are some of those? Oh, I made this music video. I was like, I really wanted. I, I had like my masterpiece idea, and I, I funded it out of my pocket, and I like put all this time into it. And it was this beautiful thing that I love. And then I like really, and then like the band was like hard to work with, because I was like, oh, like let me make a music. I'll, I'll take a step back. So I was making music videos, and I'd spent all this time and money, and, like, I wouldn't get paid for them. And I'd, I'd do something I love, and then the band would ruin it. And since they were the client, even though they were paying me, like, a hundred bucks, and, yeah. like, they had final say. And my, my friend would always joke that, like, I just let shitty local bands uh, pay a hundred dollars to ruin my masterpieces. Which was, like, not, not far from the truth. And so at some point, I'm like, listen, I, I'm tired of this. I want, I just, like, I want to approach a band. I'm like, listen, I'll make your free music video. I just want final cut. Like, that's all I want. I, I'll put all my money into it. I'll, I'll call it every favor I have. Yeah. I'll kill myself for it. And I did, and then, like, he was like, oh, I never read the contract you sent me. And he kept saying he was going to send it. He's like, oh, I read it, and I'll send it. I read it, and I'll send it. 
And then, like, the day before shooting, I was like, listen, we're shooting tomorrow. Like, I haven't got that contract yet. I'm starting to worry. He's like, oh, I hadn't read it. Like, I don't want to sign it anymore. Uh, and I'm like, then I had to, like, do I shoot the video or not? And it was really tough. Do I find a different song? And then I, and it turned out to be this whole nightmare. And apparently this guy has a reputation for being a lunatic. Um, I won't say his name. Don't say the band. Say I won't say the band. Like, not that he's going to... Anyway. Tell me off, uh, Mike. No, it's, it's, he's not even that big of a band, to be honest. He was like, oh, you're, like... You're like capitalizing on my celebrity. I'm like, no one's ever heard of you. Like, especially in America. Like, maybe like like it was there was no way this guy had a following. He had like you know he had a few thousand views on his. That's not good. Yeah. If I'm gonna capitalize on someone, like it's gonna be someone with like fifty thousand views or you know they got that hard. Anyway, um, so I made this video and I loved it. But then um, th- that's a short version of a longer story. And then I released it with a different band who was also a lunatic and it um. I don't know, it did okay, but, like, it wasn't really promoted, and, like, it just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth because of all the drama with the band, and then, like... And now you... Oh, like... then I submitted to South by Southwest, and I'm like, this is my masterpiece, and then they didn't accept it, and I, like, was so devastated. I was like... And it's not like it's not like one of those stories where you're like, oh, I was so devastated. It's like, I put so much time and money into it, yeah. I couldn't afford it as an investment you to believe... continue yeah. if, like, the best I can do wasn't good enough to get into a shitty film festival. Mm-hmm. So. You believed in it so hard, and then you put it so that you were like, hey, festival that loves things that people believe in so hard, mm-hmm. will you play this? And they're like, no. Yeah. Like, Fuck, why not? Yeah, and I, I, I guess it was a bit of a... And then I heard, like, to get into South by Southwest, you got to know people, and I saw the videos that they accepted that year, and obviously I was better than most of them. <laughs> but I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit rambly about this. But, um, yeah, then I quit for a long time just because it broke my fucking heart. And then... um. Then I decided to make a kid's show, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to spend even more money in it, and I got this VP who was like, fucking my idol. He was such a genius, and I couldn't believe he did it, and he worked with, like, my favorite music video director that, like, I had my Tumblr, I'm kind of like, this guy's the best music video director of all time. I love him, and he, like, referred me a DP, and we shot it in 6K, and I put my life into it, and um, it was the Six, best thing. I... 6K? Yeah, we So shot that it. was, like, kind of recent? Oh, yeah, this was, um... I just hit the one-year anniversary of completing it. So, yeah, and it, it was brilliant. We shot it. The lenses we used were the ones they shot the Revenant on, and um, it was it was a ridiculous. I mean, it's I, I think it's the most beautiful thing ever. And, like, we had, like, fire and, like, crazy, like, animals in every shot and trick shots, and it's, like, a super high-end production. And then I finished that, and I submitted it to, like, Oh, I pitched it to Nickelodeon and they liked it, but they're like, well, we just canceled a show similar to this, so sorry. Which happens all the time. And then I, like, sent it to festivals, but, like, it's a TV show, so film festivals don't want that. Yeah. And so there's, like, three or four TV festivals and they didn't like it. And <coughs> um, I'm really devastated over that. Because, I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. That's... You can nitpick anything. Obviously, I have spent two years watching the same 12 minutes over and over again. I, I can nitpick the hell out of it, but, like, I think, it, I think it was good. I don't know. I don't know. Like if that's it's the best I can do too. Like yeah. if it's not good enough, then I'm just not good. Um, this isn't podcast worthy. I'm no, sorry. it is. I'm getting in my no. I'm si- like this is really good stuff because then more people can hear about your stuff. Is there anywhere people can see any of these? Yeah, sure. I have a website. The trailer's on there. It's blacksundaysproductions.com. Blacksundaysproductions. All my music videos and trailers for my kid show. And the kid, the kid who starred in it was the best actress I've worked on of any age. Better than any adult, better than any kid. She was like, like, at one point I'm like, oh, I want you to do a cartwheel in this shot. And 
She was like, I don't know how to do a cartwheel. And I was like, oh, then we can just do a twirl. She's like, no, we got to do a cartwheel. Like, is that, would that make it better? And I was like, and so she tried to teach herself how to do a cartwheel. And she would just like throw herself. And like, you can't teach yourself how to do a cartwheel in 20 minutes. And like, and she was just like, so it was like the game face of a chant. It was like Tanya Harding or like some figure skater with a broken ankle. Like, I'm going to learn how to do this. And then I realized it wouldn't have worked. Like the twirl was actually better. But, and I was like, and she was hurting herself. I went to her mom, her mom and I was like, uh, are you going to like either tell her to stop because she's going to hurt herself or maybe help her? And she's like, oh no, just let her wear herself out. <laughs> she was like, I was just touched. I felt like I just, I wanted the show to work just because like it was such a treat to work with like, well, everyone in that production. I don't want to single out one, but like she was so, she, she like, sometimes you write something and like someone makes it better than when you wrote it. And a 12 year old was like, she's the next fucking, I don't know. <laughs> Superstar, the next, I don't know. The next, I don't know. The next Genesis Quad. I'm trying to think of a kid actor, but I don't really follow that. I guess uh, Tay Tay? The one that, that, the one that broke out. The one that broke out from... Um, Hannah Montana, I'll say that. Well, there was Zathura, which was, what's his name? Josh Hutcherson. Mm-hmm. And then he was in all the, the Hunger Games movies. Oh, yeah. And then the Hunger Games movies were like, hey, we want to do three more movies with just PETA. And he was like... I don't want to be PETA anymore. Mm-hmm. Can I please do this show, Future Man? Don't care. I'm going to do it anyway. And he like mm-hmm. turned turned down all this money to go do this cool-ass Seth Rogen show. Have you seen it yet? You know what? It's like the only show I haven't seen. I really got to see it. It's called Future Man. Future Man, yeah. I'll get it tonight. And it's him. Ron Funches is in it. Keith, <laughs> da- Keith David is in it. Um, Paul Shear. Uh, uh, there's... Um, did you watch Scrubs like near the end? Did you watch Flight of the Concords? A little. The girl who um, like hooks up with Brett and then she's like, "I'm shipping out no, tomorrow." I don't, I don't from the. But a lot of funny people. Okay, yeah. And it's super good. Yeah. Good. I, I, Joe said it was great. It's got a lot of people on it. You you had me at hello. Because mm-hmm. I watch everything. I watch every TV show there is. Yeah. It's like all I do. I need to. I want to catch up on Punisher. Because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I've seen the pilot. I'm going to do a comic here, a Legion. Legion, I've watched. Okay, best show ever made, right? It's like the so most slept on awesome. show in the so history of television. So fucking good. It's so good. Did you watch The Gifted? Have you seen that? Uh, I watched like the first episode. I didn't do it for me. Dude. I'm like a Legion. Legion's like set a bar that I can't get well, down from. Well, because it's also FX, so they have a little more of a budget? Or what is it? Or I don't know. Just I... like budget for... It was the guy who did Fargo, and it was kind of yeah. his project. Brian so. Fuller? No. Um, Brian Fuller did the new Star Trek. I know his name. It's up. It escapes me at the moment. But have you seen the new Star Trek? It's pretty cool. Star Trek, the new Discovery. one? Discovery, yeah. I didn't do it for me. I gave it a couple episodes. You saw it on CBS All Access? I did. Yeah. On BitTorrent. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, really cool. Oh, no, no activity. Have you seen that? No, what's that? That's Will Ferrell and Adam McKay's new show. Where Tim Meadows is in it, Amy Sedaris is in it. I like Amy Sedaris. Um, and it's all, it's a cop show. Oh, Jason Manzukis is in it. And it's all about where, what happens in cops' lives when there's no activity, when there's nothing okay. happening. So they'll be I'll like, Car 27, come in. And they're like, Car 27, no activity. And then they're like, Shh. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. Tell me. And it's really like, oh, okay, cool. All these <laughs> little slice know. of life conversations. <laughs> it's it's like, so shit. funny though, because 
you know, there mm-hmm. are those moments in any job where you're like, yeah, nothing's happening right now. Sure. It's like, Ideally, those are the good jobs. It's like, do you think there's action happening all the time at mm-hmm. every cop's shop? Yeah. How's no. like Reno 911, no? Um, Reno 911, they had a lot of calls. And they yeah, had... I guess they did. They had just a lot of crazy characters that they dealt with. This is more like just the people who work there and like maybe there's a brush between Mm -hmm. them and the people they're like staking out sometime they don't even know because they're just Mm -hmm. this is this is the show where nothing really happens okay yeah it's super good they also uh reference like san diego county Mm -hmm. in parts of it sometimes so i'm like oh they just said vista motel Mm -hmm. fucking i know the vista motel (laughs) um so what's What's something in writing, creating, that mm-hmm. you would love to do that you haven't done yet? I, I work. <laughs> I work? Get work paid. more? No, I mean, I, I really want my TV show to get picked up more than anything. That's my all I want to do. And I'm doing another one now that's more like like for adults, kind of like more Pee Wee Herman. Where, okay. like, like making it just for kids actually limited the audience more than I expected. I thought it would be a good thing because... People need kids shows, but yeah. um, I think I want to do more like a Mighty Boosh adult thing, which I'm working on now with this cool artist guy now. Nice. Yeah, so I guess that's what I want to do. I just want to, uh, someone, I want a budget. I'm tired of doing things on low budgets. Shoestring, just dollar store. It's exhausting, and when you're done, it's not good enough. It's like so much time, and like you end up not looking, it like doesn't, it doesn't make you look good. Like no one's impressed by doing a lot for a little. People are impressed by doing a little with a lot. Yeah. People are just impressed by good things. And with enough money, you can make anything decent. True. So I'm tired of, um, yeah, I'm tired Waiting. of DIYing it. Dude, I get it, too. Because I'm like, I'm like, I can't, I can't just film shit on my phone all the time. I just don't know who to ask for money. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Who gives you money to just make things you want to make? Is that a guy? Yeah, is there a guy for that? Is there a guy for that? That's his number. <laughs> Or her number. I mean, I've had a couple meetings, but, like, every meeting is, like, so hard to get, and then you get there, and it's just a meeting. They're like, wow, okay, stay in touch. And you're like, okay, great meeting. I don't know. Is that what we're supposed to do? Give me a million dollars. No? Okay, that's what I need. You've never met me. Why would you give that to me? Unless I, like, did some crazy out-of-the-box thing that impressed you, which, like, is so risky. Like, you go in, like, I'm a crazy guy with a crazy idea. Like, is that how you get money? Like, I don't know. I mean, I pitched a Fred Frederator. I pitched a Fred Cyber, who's like the king of entertainment. Okay. I just happened. I skipped ten levels and went right to the head of the company. But it was the first meeting I'd ever had. Yeah. So like, I was just like nervous and like I was in a suit, which wasn't appropriate. And he kept like trying to like shoot the breeze about like shit and get to know me. And I was just like, so my TV show idea is it's about a cat in a, uh, in a, a box and my friends. And my prepared pitch that, like, he didn't want. He's like, don't prepare a pitch. Just talk to me about your show. And I'm like, ah, okay. You seem really cool. You're like, and I walked out of there. I'm like, well, that was my, like, one-shot dream meeting. What was his name? Fred? Fred Seibert. He does Fred, He does Adventure Time. Oh, His name cool. was before Adventure Time. He, he did also, like, he made MTV. He was oh. the first guy who was like, we should play music videos and maybe remote control should be the show. Oh. I mean, he's like, the, he ran Cartoon Network for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, he's like the king of entertainment. <laughs> and like a friend of a friend knew him and we pulled some strings and got me in there and I went in with a script and was like, uh, awkward. <laughs> <It> was <just laughs> awkward. I got there like 10 minutes early 
And we're just like waiting and like just like, watching me. Well, ten minutes early is that's like in this case it was the wrong thing to do because it was an open air office and like oh you're here like oh yeah. <laughs> work. like everything about it was exactly wrong. Like we usually expect people exactly on time. Why are you yeah. so? Really? Like, I don't know. Like you should have waited outside. I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And the suit was the worst part because they bought a suit for it, and like everyone was there in like cool artist world. And for all he knows, I'm like some yutsy like businessman. It's like here's my idea. Here's my wares. See? Yeah. When I'm not working on Wall Street, I come up with ideas for goofy characters. Like, no, go home. You're not the next genius. <laughs> Like, I walked in, he had all these indie comics that, like, no one had ever heard of that he liked, that I also liked, like, up on the wall, and I'm like, oh, I want to talk about that. I'm like, nope, got to focus on something boring he's not interested in, rather than relate on this thing that he obviously puts on his wall, because he wants people to like it, like he does. It's almost like a trick. I'm sure there was, like, there were, like, a thousand indie comics, and I bet there's one if you go, like, oh, blankets, good call, I'd be like, Yes! Yes, Kevin Huzenga. Dude, I, that's how I heard that the meeting for J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams and, um, what's his face? The guy who, like, also made Lost. Yeah, the other guy. <laughs> the one Lindelof. Yeah, Lindelof, David Lindelof. So it was between them and I think he, or maybe J.J. Abrams made Lost and hired David Lindelof. Mm -hmm. Anyway, whichever way it happened, there was a meeting and... Uh, he wore a Star Wars shirt, mm -hmm. and he was just like, and I heard this on um, Kevin Smith's... There's theme. always some crazy story, like, are you supposed to go in and have some crazy off-the-wall, like, you know, well, no just... one's ever like, we just had a meeting, and like, I pitched my thing, and he enjoyed it. It's always like, this well, cat came in and tap danced, which nine out of ten times I'd hate, but in this case, <laughs> I gave him a movie franchise. And you're like, you hear these stories all the time, and you're like, is that... And it's like, if you are you enough, and, and you being you is enough for people to just go, well, I'll listen to them tell me anything. But and being you in a meeting is way tough. Like, it takes a couple meetings to get used to. For me, like, every time I have a meeting, I'm, like, ten times better than the last meeting. Yeah. Like, the last couple of meetings, I just walk in and talk like a normal person. But my first, like, my first time walking into Nickelodeon Studios with, like, my, like, here's an idea I came with. Did you have a briefcase, too? I, I have, like, just, I, like, I'm just, like, I'm so, like, I'm sitting in my car, like, I'm so pumped. I'm, like, you feel so legit. There's a security guy. There's, like, a SpongeBob thing. You're, like, this is walking into Nickelodeon where they're taking me seriously. Something I've dreamed about since I was, like, literally six. Yeah. Like, here's my idea for the next Pete and Pete. And, like, you feel, like, such an adult who, like, made it. And, like, you go in and it's just, like, it's so, like, I don't know. Like, then you just. Oh, like, I went into one show. I went in with my kid show. The first time I went in, it's just, like, I love it. And I was like, oh, so we're going to make it? <laughs> and she's like, oh, no. <laughs> like, and I was like, oh, okay. I love it. But that thing that you mentioned So what do we whatever. talk, what do we want to talk about? <laughs> but that blindsided me. The other thing was I was not prepared for someone to like it. Because I'd had like three meetings and like they hadn't gone well. So when they liked it, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> do you, what do you like about it? Yeah. What's your favorite part? Tell me, tell me. I was like a goon about it. Like, I don't know. I was just like, I had no plan once they liked it. That was such a, like, that was, I, even in my dreams, I get like a second meeting. And my, my dream meeting, they're like, we enjoyed it and we'll talk to you again sometime, maybe. And like, then my dream ends and I wake up and I'm like, whoa, one day LA. It's just like entourage. Exactly like entourage. Yeah, it's exactly like, like entourage. Baby bro. That's for you, Jess, if you made it this deep. 
Like when I was when I was young, I thought I was too young, and then as soon as I was like past that age, I was too old. There was never a time where I felt like I was the right age. <laughs> I'm being 22, and I'm like, oh, no one would be interested in me. I'm a kid, and then I'm like, if you're a hilarious 22 year old, that's actually something people are interested it's in. It's like rare. That's like the thing they want. <laughs> it, I wish somebody would have told me. You know, I always, I, I, it's not fair, but I took a class with Kevin Allison when I was 21. I was like just graduated college. He was my comedy idol. And I didn't tell him, but I drove from Cleveland New York, to New York for a three-hour class every week. Uh, so it was like a 12 hours on a bus each way. <laughs> Spent 24 hours, and I'd show up, and I'd act like I just like dropped in. I'm like, oh, I live down the street in Brooklyn. <laughs> and I like it was like a sketch writing class, and like some weeks he'd phone it in. I'm like, I spent 24 hours on a bus with homeless people who were very scary. Like, and you just showed up like 20 minutes late. Like by the end, like the last couple of things, he was he was checking out. Um, and, I, and he was like, I mean, he was like my mentor, and like I was, and he would like give me good notes, and, I, and he was like, he was like, oh, you're really funny. We should start a sketch group together. Like I got an idea. Like I want to shoot your skits. And, and you're like, like, okay. Yeah, I was like, great. Um, but then I was 22, so I'm like, oh, this just might be something that happens all the time. Like, what? A, I didn't jump on it the way I should have. And then, um, yeah, I just, I, you know, it's not fair, but I kind of blame him for not giving me, like, a little bit of advice. Because, like, every week I'd come in and be like, you are my mentor. Like, tell me how to do this. <laughs> and, like, and to be fair, like, I don't want to, like, you know, blow his private stuff. Like, he, he was in, like, a time in his life when I don't think he was, like, giving a lot of advice. Yeah. Like the state hadn't gotten big again. Yeah. And I think he like it just I don't know whatever like he I don't think he was looking to be anyone's mentor. And he was only like 26 probably I don't know like so <laughs> you should never look to a 26 year old for advice. But still like in my <laughs> I I like I really just like it like always regretted that he didn't give me like one piece of advice like why don't you like um you know keep doing it <laughs> like or, like and you'll succeed I don't know like. It's not fair to blame him, but always in the back of my head, I'm like, I came to you for advice, sir. And we were close. Like, I think he was trying to do me for a while, which, like, I was really excited about. I'm not gay, but I like attention. <laughs> Especially from, like, my, like, because the thing was, he didn't know, like, I'd gone through all of his skits, like, in college and, like, practically transcribed them. I dissected them. I'd written, like, variations on them. And then when he came in, he's like, you're hilarious. This is my exact sense of humor. And I'm like, yeah, what a weird coincidence. <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah. It's so weird that 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 you yeah. would think that. Yeah. No, we we had the same sense of humor. What a quinky dick. And it was weird too because I remember I was so I was I was I was like 22 and I was watching Stella like on loop. I was selling like um, I paid my like way through college for a couple quarters where I bootleg VHS copies of the state yeah. and sell them on eBay for 50 bucks a pop. And I was doing pretty good. And I had like the Stella, the very first Stella shirts before they were released, and mm -hmm. I'd make way more because I'm like, not only did you get all the episodes, all the like promotional stuff, their spring break thing, the like bumps, but also like these Stella shirts that are impossible to get and aren't even, because there's no such thing as YouTube yet. Because um, we just had 9-11. Like, so there's definitely oh, no shit. YouTube. Yeah, like I was, I was, I was doing good and I was like, and I would like accidentally quote state skits in front of him, which like he didn't know. Like to him, it's like something he wrote and moved on with. He didn't like get stoned and watch his own skits a thousand times. Yeah. And I'd be so scandalized because I'd just be like, oh, I'm like, oh, like, I forget what I said. Like, it was something, and I'm like, oh, God, like, am I, like, did he know that he just catch me. Yeah. Me. He's got to give me that like, time. He's going to be like, oh, you're a goon. You're like, this is all, you're like a, <laughs> but, like, looking back, like, good comedians want someone who knows their voice. Like, everything, I, no one told me anything, but I, I was doing everything right, and I thought, and I was, like, embarrassed, and I backed off and didn't do it. Not to say I would have, like, been a huge star or anything. Like, I'm not, like, but I wish somebody, I wish I would have, like, had the chance. Because I, like, didn't want to do comedy. Because I, I, when I was 22, I, um, it's really into comedy. I was like, all I want to do, I was like writing like a sketch a day. And they yeah. were like 
fucking good. Like, I was much funnier then than I am now. <laughs> it's way easier to be funny when you're 22, because, like, you are broken. You just, like, all I did was think about TV shows and, like, funny ways to make fun of people. Like, now I, like, just think about, like, like my back pain and, like, <laughs> when the Washington Post will update so I can, like, angrily shake my head. Or, like, you know, fill in the blank of, like, dumb adult shit that isn't as good. Um, yeah, no, but, and, but, like, yeah, I did, like, one open mic, and there was nobody there except, like, these weird guys. And, like, I was just like, oh, like, there was no YouTube. There was no venues for comedy. I'm like, I don't want to do open mic. It's just, like, like, a bar full of people who don't get me. Like, I did, like, two open mics, and I'm like, oh, this is what... Cause I'll, I'll tell you something about open mics. Yeah? That's most open mics. I don't know. Open mics now are, like, a different vibe. There's other people... I don't know. There's people it's, there. I, there's people there, but they're there to do the open mic, for the most part. Yeah, and, even that would be... Because I, I prefer... Everyone bitches about how comedians... I only like making comedians laugh. <laughs> I hate regular people. I would do open mics just about how open mics sucked. I'm like, well, we let's talk about, like, let's not pretend. <laughs> Let's talk about open mic culture, guys. It's crazy. I saw a post on my way, or before I came over, and it was mm-hmm. like, um, someone was someone was like doing like transphobia stuff until they got lit to be mm-hmm. like, get the fuck out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they and was it Dave Chappelle? <laughs> no, it was so. It was uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember the name, but they they were like. They said they held up their hand and they were like, "Hold on a minute, sweetie," or something. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, "Get the fuck!" And so they're they're banned from that show now because it's like, dude, a lot of people. Well, people get banned from open mics all the time. And it's like a lot of people want to do comedy, and a lot of it isn't hateful bullshit. Like well, it, it attracts a certain crazy person too. Obviously, there's people who like their whole lives have just sweared a lot and gotten attention and were like, "Oh, I'm hilarious." Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you mean. The thing about open mics, like, when you grind them out, is, like, they're so awful, but every once in a while, it's not worth it, but you get, like, the... I saw a guy who was, like, doing acid and doing comedy for his first time. Yeah. Telling a story about, like, how he slept with, like, a girl that afternoon, and, like, it was... It, but it was, like, something that could never be... It was, like, a perfect outsider yeah. moment of just, like, wow. It doesn't make it worth it, but those moments are, like the funniest things I've ever seen in my life involving guys who, who I never, ever saw again. Yeah. Like, who were total weirdos. And that's stand-up, dude. Like, they're, you'll, you, it's like, those people, you might bump into them again later mm-hmm. on, and you're like, holy shit, I saw you three years ago at the fucking place, and you were funny. And they're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> there was this one guy I saw, I, I won't say his name, but it was Leo Zinger, which is a hilarious <laughs> name, right? And my friend opened for him, and he was, he was, I mean, I don't, I don't want to shit talk him, because, like, I, the, the story ends with me Facebook friending him later, but, um, he came on stage, and he, like, awkwardly stared at the audience, he's like, I'm Leo Zinger, uh, I'm an Asian comedian, and th- I'm like, those are literally the only two things we know about you, <laughs> it's literally it, <laughs> like, and so he came out, and obviously his name is hilarious, that's a hilarious name, yeah. and, like, you wonder, is that his real name? Probably not, like, did he come up with that? Like, the story of how he got that name. Supersedes. And it's his Facebook name, too. It's not, like, a stage name. And, and my friend got up, and, like, it, it was just one of those things that, like, I never forgot. And then I was in New York. It wasn't San Francisco. I was in New York, like, four years yeah, later. And then 9-11 happened. And then yeah, 9-11 never was forgot. very sad. <laughs> Extremely sad day. Yeah. Uh, we lost our innocence. Um, this was, like, like last year this was. It was probably, like, eight years later. And, yeah. like, there's three people in an open mic. It's, like, me, uh, a girl, and, like, Leo Zinger steps on the stage. <laughs> and... <laughs> Did like eight minutes about how he was Asian, so he had a tiny penis. 
Like, just as bad as ever. Uh, like, just as uncomfortable and, like, kind of, like, racially charged. Uh, and I was like, oh, my God, Leo Zinger, you're, like, a legend. I've been talking about you. That's <laughs> for years For now. years. Like, I didn't think you were real. I thought I dreamed you. Dude, like, it's like in the... San Francisco. He was in town for one night. He came to that one open mic. <laughs> and I was like, fate has brought us back together, Leo. And he sort of, like, realizes it went on. He's like, oh, well, like, he was sort of making fun of me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, that was... I mean, I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings. <laughs> I mean, eight years, you're still doing open mics eight years later. Like, this was the eight years way. less experience. <laughs> like, you weren't that good that night. We all have bad nights. Let's suck it up, Zinger. It's like but, that Ben Folds 5 song, Michael Prater, four mm-hmm. years later? Is that mm-hmm. what it is? And basically, it's about that guy who mm-hmm. you see in your life here and there randomly where you're just like, oh, shit, it's you again. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? It's like, eh? I'm doing this. Yeah. Oh, cool. He's still Leo Zinger. I mean, like the world, you know, as much as the world changes, there's still, like, a guy just being like, I'm Asian, so my penis is small. Like, an entire artist people being like, I don't know what the appropriate reaction is. Like, I'm, not go- I'm definitely not going to laugh. It feels like it have a mean quality to it that I don't feel or want to express publicly. I don't know why you think it's funny, but maybe that's what's funny. When you're, like, going, like, eight levels deep to find something funny, like, in a thing, and you're like, okay, like, that was the other thing about comedy. I saw comedy in England, and I was Uh, laughing, like, radically out of sync with the the audience, and the girl I was with was like, you're acting like a weirdo. What? Because, like, I would laugh because, and I didn't, like, at the time, I was like, oh, that's funny to me, but, like, later, I'm like, oh, it was, I was laughing because the joke made no sense, but involved class, and then a bunch of English people, like, chuckled at a class joke, and that, like, made me laugh. (laughs) And like and I was like, like, this like, and I tried to like explain it. I'm like, oh, I guess that that is a weird place. To, like, <laughs> I jumped through like eight hoops to get to like, ha, ah, classism in England. And, like a politician, I don't know, like Steve Miliband. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm laughing because they're they're employing the essay format, which is unconventional in my part of the world, but that I appreciate. They're letting me know that it's funny, and I'm laughing with them because their laughs are pretty great. And she, and she was like, you know, there's no way you understand any of these jokes. Like, why are you laughing so hard? I'm like, one, I hate when people do English jokes. It's like, you, you, you don't get that reference, but you get that it's a politician who's dumb. Okay? Like, I don't yeah. even know, like, that Steve Miliband is like, like, I, got, I, I put it together that he's not kind to immigrants, and the comedian seems to be brown skin. Is that his real I, name? Or I, I think so. Like, it's, it's the name I remember. I like, remember. Like, entire bit on Steve Miliband. <laughs> Which is like a funny name anyway. Like I was dying. I'm like Steve, you've got, and you're like that, and you're like I'm pretty sure his first name is Steve, and then you're like yeah. Milliband. I'm like oh. I think it was Milliband. It could be any Milliband because I flew to England. I'm so into Stuart Lee. I flew to England to see my favorite comedian, and he did all material I'd seen on on his TV show because it was like a charity show, and I'm like I just spent fucking fourteen hours and fifteen hundred dollars on a plane, went through customs, got stopped at customs. Uh, like for all the shit. All for Steve Miliband. To do like 10 minutes. There was like one new joke. I'm like, it was a good one. Oh, yeah. He, the <laughs> opener did the Steve Miliband joke. <laughs> he did, but then ended up, his jokes ended up in his next special. It was worth it. I wanted to come up to him and be like, I love you. But like, he's like, that'd be like going up to like, you know, uh, uh, Dave Chappelle. Like in England, he's considered, there's like no parallel. I guess the like, shit. The hot shit. He fills stadiums like every night of the week. He's like, like Eddie Izzard or, or. Like, who, there's almost no one um, to compare to because he's also highbrow. Russell, Russell Brand. Oh, Russell he's Brand. as big as Russell Brand. Yeah, yeah, but he's kind of has a. He has James a, Corden almost maybe. No, he's better than James Corden by a lot. <laughs> um, who would I compare him to? Who's like a really. 
like oh, Mark uh, Marin, but like um, more Jim Jeffries. No, good. Um, like he's got a Mark Marin level like credentials and like OG status and. Yeah. Oh, like, uh, Craig Craig Ferguson status somewhat. He's bigger than Craig Ferguson. He's bigger than all those guys. Yeah. He's he's not as big as like the bad ones. Like there's like. Um, like in England, there's a lot of Dane Cook quality comedians, <laughs> and he's like not nearly as big as like. I wish I wish I knew the names. Uh, this would be my chance to shit on English comedians. <laughs> it's like it's something like I'm really an English comic. I really hate like, a lot of them. There's, there's some really bad English guys. Um, but he he's like legit. He's like like David, he's like a David Wayne of England. Okay. All right. Cool. Uh, but I don't know. Whatever. That's a good. That's a good comparison. Yeah. He's, he's just like, like right. he's got the cred. He's done all the shit. Mm-hmm. Like he's written. He's acted. He's and. Sometimes he chooses not to act. You know, chooses... I call him a white Chris Rock. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I, I would, I would, I would, I'm gonna end out my Stuart Lee is the white Chris Rock, but more for like with an NPR edge. Okay. Cool. <laughs> his comedy gets so meta. He doesn't. Even, he talks about how his comedy is meta for the entire bit, and like then we'll talk about how the last time he did an hour, all it was was about how meta it was. <laughs> Like, it goes down these, like, rabbit holes of, like, the audience doesn't even know why they're laughing anymore, and it's, like, I, it's not even, it's, like, it's so, it's so comedy that it's not comedy anymore, and it becomes... It's meta-meta. It's meta-meta-meta comedy. It's a new form of comedy. I do meta-meta comedy. It's, yeah, it's a comment on comedy itself without, I can't even, it's, it's extremely pretentious. Well, it sounds funny as hell. He's the best comedian of all time. <laughs> I mean, you can make arguments for other people. Chris Rock, like, is always going to be my... Although, I don't want to be that guy, because, like, I, I meet a lot of older people, like, Eddie Murphy was the shit, and I'm like, you're just old. <laughs> like, I've never met a 50-year-old dude who's not, like, coming to America. You're like, it's a good movie for its time. I don't know, like, is it as good as something that was made in the last 40 years, or...? There have been a lot of great comedians through time. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy was one of them. He was a good comedian. Chris Rock, also. Much st- better. And still doing stand-up. Yes. Did you see He's him? He's Did you see his thing at, what was it, Golden Globes or something? And... He hasn't been a great black comedian <laughs> the last couple of years. The whole time he was performing, he's like, am I kicked out of comedy now? <laughs> he kept saying shit where people were like, oh, and he's like, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> what? Everybody. Funny. He did oh, an hour with Chappelle. I wish I could have seen that. Oh man! I know. They stole your phones. Okay, that I understand. Cause that taking your phone shit. I don't like that. I don't like. I no one's ever taken my phone. I fully understand it. Like I whether get it. like liking or not liking it, I totally get it. Cause mm-hmm. for if if your shit's not ready yet, then it's not ready yet. And if it's like. Um, but this is my phone. This is a part of my body. <laughs> Honest to God. I know. And then that's that's another thing with like, dude. I was in Last Jedi a couple nights, few 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 nights ago, four nights mm-hmm. ago, something like that. And the, like, I was sitting next to my dad. And then there was mm-hmm. this guy who was next to us. He was a couple seats over, and his phone is making a sound. And it's at the Lucasfilm part. It's at the mm-hmm. part where you need to shut the fuck up yeah, yeah. and turn your phone on fucking airplane mode or I'm going to shove my fucking cane through your skull, old man. He was old, too. Yeah, yeah. And then 
he he like sends his text and then just puts his phone away. I was like, oh, I wanted to like grab his phone and fucking just throw it across the theater. Yeah, but that's I mean, this is like a gun control argument. Like, just because some people misuse it doesn't mean that everyone should lose it. Like in my case, I have diabetes and I have a medical device that broadcasts my blood sugar to my phone. Yeah, and if if I don't have my phone on me, I can literally die. So I feel like I'm being discriminated against. But they're ta- they're basically taking a medical device from me. Do I know you, that I'm a weird case, but like, do you think uh, it matters to me? On on that topic, I mean, like it's it's all of our our health is our own responsibility because the government's not going to fucking do shit about yeah, it. Yeah, I knew that. And um, like going into a show, do you prepare? Do you do you like? I've only he, recently gotten it put on my phone. I used to have a separate device. Uh-huh. And I've never, actually, I've never been to a show where someone had to take my phone. But I'm nervous that that day's going to come when I go to see... I spend like 150 bucks to see John Mulaney. I show up, they try to take my phone, and I have to argue with a security guard who doesn't get diabetes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. And then they'll be like, did you bring any snacks? They're going to be like, my boss said absolutely uh, not. Well, I, I wouldn't know when to take the snacks. Just yeah. Tell, like, it's just... It, there's a beep and... You how know, how often? I have to get into diabetes. When my phone beeps, I take sugar or I die. How often? How often is it? It can happen at any time. It happens a couple times a day. And so your phone is like, yo, your blood sugar is low. You gotta take. Mm-hmm. And then I take blood sugar and I'm fine. But uh, it's, it's a system that works. Yeah. But if someone took my phone from me, I, I, I couldn't. I'd have to. I wouldn't be allowed to go in. Yeah. And I'm. I, it just sucks. One day I'm gonna miss like some my dream show because some security guard. Not. To, I mean, there's bigger things to worry about. I mean, I try not to talk about diabetes. No, it's. Dude, that's a very understa- it's a very understandable thing because I bet a lot of people have it and don't know it. This movement, like, leave your phone at the door is, like, a good thing. And, like, it's becoming more and more of a thing that, like, more shows want to take your phones. Like, yeah. I just see myself arguing with security. And the thing is, I argue with enough security guards about diabetes. Diabetes gets you in weird arguments with weird people. Like, Dude, I, same with Lyme. Because, yeah, all of a sudden I have an emergency and then I need something. And I have to explain diabetes to someone while having a diabetic attack. Yeah. And it's never fun. And a lot never of people fun, are fun, convenient, awesome, ever at all. Yeah, it's just like, it's just the worst. Like today I was um, in a parking garage and I, I pulled into the parking garage. It was the wrong parking garage. I was pulling out and he wasn't letting me out. He's like 21 bucks. I'm like, I didn't park. I was here five seconds. Like, no way. And my blood sugar was crashing. And I'm like, I can't have this argument. I need to go to the corner store and get some sugar yeah and he like wouldn't let me out and it was like i'm trying to and he like didn't really speak very good english so i'm like trying to explain diabetes to like a immigrant he's like i want 21 dollars and i'm like he's like this is my job i'll get in trouble yeah i'll get it and like, and you're I'll like i was die. just here for a second yeah and he was like you're taking 21 dollars so in my country 21 dollars is a lot of money and i'm like this is your country now embrace it be a citizen yeah. You know? Yeah. Let, make it great again. Part of the... <laughs> that was not what I should have said. I did say that. That's not me being funny in hindsight. I literally was like, this is your country now. What I should have said is, please let me go. I'm sort of asking a favor. But I was like, oh, this isn't your country? Love it or leave it. Get the fuck out of here! Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this country isn't good enough. $21 isn't a lot of money in our country. <laughs> where we are right now. Maybe dollars are the best currency. Oh, shit. The strongest argument against immigration I've ever met. Oh, I want I want there to be some, like, some town or some community where it's like, oh, no, we don't, we have a barter system here. Like, do you have something? Burning Man. You're a burner and you don't know it. 
Probably. Have you ever been to Burning Man? No, I haven't. You'd love it. I think I no would. No money allowed. Everyone's kind. It's like thousands of people. Like, yeah. And the other thing is, people think of Burning Man as a rave, and there's certainly an unfortunate element of that. <laughs> but the idea of Burning Man is whatever you're into, you bring and you do it there. And like, and it's communal, right? Yeah, it's so like it's like everyone's you, hanging out, sharing their stuff. And... The thing that person loves, they're like into. Like if someone like really likes yoga, they're like out there in the desert fucking doing yoga with like eight people who do yoga. If you yeah. like anonymous sex, like that's or alcohol. Or if you like, there was like a weed. I'm sure there's a, a bunch of weed out hunt. there. Oh, there were people who were like a a, a gumshoe. They're walking around in like detective hats, <laughs> solving a really complicated mystery of Burning Man. That was the first people I met. And the girl loved, they had this like total booth, it was like a thing, and she was like, just like this girl like looked like a fucking, she's like, yeah, gumshoe, come this way, see? But not a murder mystery. And they were like, yeah, murder mysteries, Burning Man. Like, it's, it's like literally like shit you would never think of. Like I'm worried, I'm worried for when um, it gets to the point that, I guess, has Coachella gotten to the point where it's like super commercialized, where you're like, oh, it's not like, Oh, well, I mean, it's not, that cool. it's not that cool anymore. It used to be cooler. Everyone's always thought it was cooler earlier. Like, I feel like Coachella is to the point right now where Warp Tour was 15 years ago. Coachella started at that point, though. Coachella but... was always just a festival where you see, you know, your, like some artist from the 80s who hasn't done I mean, it was Hologram Tupac. But, like, so. Yeah. That's so lame. Um, the, so yeah, Warp Tour. Did you ever go to Warp Tour back in the day? I'm not proud of that. Dude, I used to go to Warp Tour. Jurassic Five and Green Day. There were good punk bands at Warp Tour, and Mm -hmm. like sometimes ska punk, and sometimes like... You know they don't pay any of the artists? Uh, They pay the main stage artists, but most of the artists don't get paid. Just through merch? And even that, like, you don't really... Do they give a cut? They have to have a... No, you lose money if you go on Warp Tour, like, a lot. I I had a, I worked, I did a music video for a guy who was coming off Warp Tour. He said he'd never do it again. He said... Shit. Because, like, you... Because it's exposure. It's, like, a, just a big exposure town. It's exposure, but, like, I don't know. He didn't get anything out of it. He said, like, he did his show every night. And he, he was kind of a big artist. He wasn't, like... He wasn't a nobody. Like, he's he has dead a following. It was I, I, mouse, like, I shouldn't say his name. <laughs> he's a guy who owns a label, has a following, lives off music, tours, and he's a hip-hop guy. Um, kind of like an indie hip-hop guy. Yeah. Um, and he was just, like, oh, I just... Spent all this money on gas, and then you'd sell some merch, but it wouldn't pay for your gas. And like yeah. dealing with the shit, and like you had to set up your own gear and your own. It was just awful. Anyway, Warp Tour. I remember going and being like, "This is dope. Aquabats are here. Mm-hmm. Real Big Fish is here. Bad Religion is here. Mm-hmm. Fucking what? Who else do I see? Lesson Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, no use for a name, mm-hmm. dude. I've seen Homegrown. Okay." Did you ever see them live? No, but I like that you're naming punk bands. <laughs> I think that should be the whole podcast. Dude, just, just excitedly naming pot, Scott, the like, Warped Tour. <laughs> you know, like, every Warped Tour thing, be like, Pie Tasters, Sandy Ferris, fucking Lester Jake. <laughs> That's as long as I could go. I was going to see Guapagandi. Dude, I never, saw, I never saw Propagandi, but I really wish I had. And one of their albums, Less Talk, More Rock, I was listening to it a few weeks ago, and I was like, holy shit. Like, they saw all the writing on the wall 20 years ago mm-hmm. when they wrote this album, where, um, do you, did you listen to them at all, or sure. Propagandi? No, I had a friend who was really into them. So, Less Talk, More Rock. If you listen mm-hmm. to that album, mm-hmm. you'll be like, holy shit. Like, there's a whole song where it's like, what? 
where there's a talking part where it's like, what exactly about your race does it make you proud to be white? Capitalism, slavery, genocide, sitcoms. Um, that sounds like propaganda in a way. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, when we start what makes fighting you proud a real to be white? fucking enemy. Swastikas and clan robes. Sexist, racist, homophobes. Oh man, it's a really, really good album. Yeah, sounds good. So what, what were you saying? So what makes you proud to be white? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing? Ooh, my freckles. I don't know. Freckles are Sometimes cool. I'll, I'll like be see something. And like, <laughs> I, I don't believe in white pride, but sometimes I'll be like at like a, like an Applebee's in Ohio. And they're like, oh, you can go ahead of us in mine. That's not, that's not a good example. What's like like, like like a ska show. I'll be at a ska show and I'll be like, you know what? This is something only white people would do. <laughs> and like, we laugh about it, but like, this is like essentially white. If there was, if you were allowed to have white pride, I, I would think like a, a ska show. No, no one, no Asian person. I mean, not to be like edgy, but like, I don't think there's a lot of like, oh, like, because it's not that They're cool. I'm, I'm really on the edge now. I'm really on the edge. <laughs> Oh, I, I know what I would say, like, gaming shops in the Midwest. When you're, like, at, like, guys are, like, painting miniatures. I think painting miniatures, like, is a very, like, distinctly white thing to do. But are you proud of it? No, I'm not <laughs> proud of it. But, like, if an alien came down to Earth and said, what, I, I, I see a lot of, pe- like, different people, what is something, describe being white in one, like, thing. I'd be like, that guy's painting miniatures. Miniatures! <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but it's culturally distinct. That's where I tried to end. Forgive me if I didn't get there. It was family. I was really walking the line. The Applebee's line was really just wrong. You take a risk, you know? You're trying to make a point. Hey, it happened. It had to happen. It happened. I'm a racist. The other show I'm doing is a show about race. Yeah. The last podcast I did was with a black lady. Yeah. It's called Edible Chronicles, where you eat an edible. And at the beginning, she'd ask you one set of questions. And at the end, she'd ask you the same set of questions. And you didn't know until you got on the show they were all going to be like race questions. Oh. So right. she's like, you know, she'd have a list of questions. And I did a good job because like when I was really high, I like wasn't racist. <laughs> I guess, I don't know. <laughs> but she like, like she, I, I passed the test. And at the end you did a skit. And she's like, okay, you dress like a black person and I'll dress like a white person and you hit on me. So she like put an Afro wig on me and gold chains. And I'm like, it was a video podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I feel extremely uncomfortable <laughs> in this. Like, I'm really high, and I don't like wearing it. Like, I'm like, just so you know, I'm doing this to please a black person. Okay? Like, this is, I'm doing this for you. This is not my idea. And, but her skits were brilliant. And she, you know, once like, you be Trump, I'll be Michelle. You hit on me. Go. And you have to role play that with, like, an actual black person. So it's, like, extra uncomfortable. Um, and you'd be like, yo, Michelle, like, I'm like, do you want me to do a black voice? Because I'm not going to. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, that's, I, I'll be part of your show, but that's, that's I, just, I, don't do that. I don't do that anyway. <laughs> not going to do like a Leroy Jenkins voice. That's, if this is a trick, it's a trap and it's a trick. You try to trick white people and be like, oh, it's okay. We're black. It's okay. Put on the Afro, put on the chains. Say slavery was okay. Gotcha. Edit it out. Make you look bad. You end up on some fucking website. Like people tweeting about you. Sean King's writing think pieces about you. Be a nightmare. But, I, but the happy ending, I wasn't racist. And now she wants me to do a show where we talk about race. Nice. And she, and she has all these really funny names. She's like, like, Ebony and Ivory. Or like, all these names. Like, I'm not going to be Ivory. <laughs> I'm not going to be Ivory. At all. Um, at all. But, uh, but the other thing is, I don't, I don't think I could do an hour of, 
like a show about race. Because like once you're like not racist, there's not much more to say. You know, you don't see debate shows where it's like, you know, Hannity and Hannity. You need a Combs. Yeah. You know, if you have crossfires. Some sort of opposing view or something. Yeah. Like, or at I, least or at least stories uh, to talk about or something like Yeah, an hour out. every week. This is my whole show. Blacks and whites are equal. Yep. <laughs> Fifty nine <laughs> minutes to kill. <laughs> I mean I <laughs> I'm going to feel like I'm going to have to say something edgy just to keep it moving along, but like, maybe they're not in certain areas, huh? Huh? <laughs> Debate. There's, I'm, there's a lot of, dude, so, uh, on, have you heard of Dan Harmon's new podcast, Whiting yeah. Wongs? Whiting Wongs, okay, that's already racist, but. <laughs> it's him and Jessica Gao, who mm-hmm. wrote the Pickle Rick episode, mm-hmm. and, um, they, they were talking about that show, Confederate, that's coming out. Yeah, I, I like that show. And they're like, huh? I like that show. I like everything about it. It's not even, coming, it's not even out yet. Everyone else has an opinion. I'm just going to have one. <laughs> I, yeah, so I think, like, it's less than it being, um, or it possibly being an offensive show or a show that no one would watch for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I, I think that it's just less interesting of a story to just go what if it was the other way like just to flip the coin and hey, hold, okay, on, hold on hold okay, on okay. i've got this i've okay. got the show that would be way cooler than that show okay so same time period same war but instead of the south winning instead of the north all of the slaves get together and fucking rise up and then just fucking kill all of the slave owners mm-hmm. and then they just live there in okay, the south yeah, sure. and, and then it'd be like still alternate history but way more interesting than just like but what if slavery kept going well i mean i, <laughs> I mean i love watching slaves kill i've picked out to so many rappers every single video i've ever pictured a rapper the first thing i say is white slaves it's you whipping white people not even white slavery though it's it's yeah no it, it'd be slaves killing and then just and killing then, white people that's and what then I like. it, it would be like there would be like some tension there between the north and the south because it'd be like whoa they just killed a shitload of white people like we're not going to go there for a while and then black people would be like that's fucking right because we shouldn't have been slaves in the first place and now we own all this land so step off or stay off or if you want to come over huh it's a slave rebellion yeah i like that yeah it's so awesome like i want to i want to see that rather than just go hey what if we just Keep it going. Keep the tradition going. Because people love traditions because they're traditions. Like there's Wait, so how many... is that a tradition? The South winning the war? No. Uh, slavery at one point was tradition. Yeah, people yeah, yeah. people right. in the South were like, keep it going because that's the way it's been since my grandpappy yeah, yeah, did. Sure. And you're like, fucking traditions are only traditions because they are traditions. Like that's the only reason. And mm-hmm. we all have our own individual thoughts sure. and processes that we go mm-hmm. through. We can choose to support them or not, mm-hmm. and when people just go, but, uh, but that's how it was when I was growing up. It's like you're a whiny little piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> slavery is definitely wrong. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but I Very wrong. There's a. Did you ever listen to Professor Blastoff? No. It was Kyle Dunnigan, David Huntsberger, and Tignataro, mm-hmm. and they had a character that. I think Kyle made up there was just someone trying to butt into the conversation and go, but what about me? 
Oh, that was a good, that was a really good show. 250 episodes or something. Dang. The best shows. Yeah. Um, so what, what is your favorite part about creating something, about making something that people could consume? Uh, there's an arc when I create something. At first, I'm just like so exhausted. And then I get an idea, and then it's like all this hard work, and then I make it, and there's all these ups and downs, and then there's this moment when it's done, when I watch it for the first time, and I'm like, this is what I, this happens all the time. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever made. This is like brilliant. It's good. like people, how could anyone watch no this? No one could scene? deny this. No one could deny this. And I'm just like this. so high on it. I'm like, this is finally it. Like, I, this is the masterpiece. And that moment before I realize that that is not the case is the happy moment. And then... There's like a, it's a perfect cycle. Then I'm just like show it. Then I show it to like my friends, and no one reacts enough. Right. And if they do, like, I don't know. I'm just like it. Just it's no one gives me an HBO TV show right off the bat when I Facebook message them a link. So <laughs> then I don't know. Then it just is like the, the moment when I forget that it's all pointless. I think the moment the only thing I like. Honestly, God, truth. That's that's a man in his thirties who's been doing like talking. Have you seen corporate yet? No, I I don't know if I can watch it because Jake's in it. Dude, it's so funny. Is it? I don't even want to like it. I don't want to like Jake. Why not? I, I've met him so many times, and he's I don't know. I don't want to talk shit on him because he's a nice guy, and I have no particular problem with him. But he's the kind of guy you just want to see fail because he's so mean. No, I mean I don't see him as mean. I like I sincerely see him as like. He's not mean. He's just I don't know. I'm not gonna talk shit. But I see I, him I as a Simon it. Cowell of comedy, which needs to be like we need to have someone being mm-hmm. like this and this and like if you think that's funny, cool. I didn't think that was that funny and blah blah blah. And like just it's he's almost like a springboard to be like, hey, what about this? What about this? And then he's like, no. Like his tweets as of late, where I'm like, he just goes, if you if. It's 2018, and if you've decided this year to start stand-up comedy, I'm here. I to, read that tweet. I'm here I, to I definitely tell tweet. you that it's the right place, and you will be successful. Yeah, I mean, he has some good <laughs> tweets. I'll give him some good tweets, but even the tweets I like, I'm like, I don't like. Like, they make me dislike. His tweets make me dislike him because he's always like really condescending, and it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm condescending too, and I appreciate it as a tweet, but sometimes it's like, I'm always like about to unfollow him every time I read one of his tweets. It's also, it's I met him like good. 25 times in a row, and he never remembered me. I think that's why. I specifically be like, oh hey you. <coughs> he could have face like, blindness. Hmm? He could have face blindness. Partial. I don't know. He'd always remember the person I was with who was like more famous than me. He'd always schmooze, be like, oh you have like twenty thousand Twitter followers. Like fuck this guy. How are you doing? Name I won't say. And I'm like, I'm with her. We met. Like, and the thing was too, we had, this, we had a really weird experience because he used to work. There's like ten thousand. I'm like one degree away from him in like a thousand ways. People? And like. Yeah. He um he used to work with my brother's girlfriend, and I'd see him that way. And then he would come to San Francisco and do shows. And he kept meeting me in, like, really weird situations where I'm like, oh, we'd be in, like, a different city. Mm-hmm. Like, like last week we were in San Francisco. So there's no way he could have put me. He's like, I met you at a party in San Francisco. Now I'm, like, at work in L.A. Now I'm like – but, like, it was still just like, I remember you. <laughs> like, 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 every single time. I'm like, I know – and it must have been fucking with him because he's like, I know you from somewhere, but there's no way – you know, you were in San Francisco two nights ago. It could like, be, it could also be like, at a certain point, when I've met people, mm-hmm. I'm like, 
I remember your name right now, and then in three minutes, I might forget it, and I'm so sorry. He doesn't have to remember my name. I, whatever. I, like, I, it, it's a petty thing, but it was just like every time he'd just be like so weird to me. And it's fine. He's, he's, he's doing his thing. I'm not going to shit on him. Dude, uh, but I, I, I highly encourage everyone. I, I, mm-hmm. I released one of the episodes early, a day early, because I was like, well, only the, these episodes are only up for 24 hours, and then mm-hmm. they're gonna be gone till the 17th. Hey, everyone, watch them right now. You've only got five hours left, mm-hmm. and I think they're still up to watch. So watch Corporate. It's really funny. Jake Weissman's in it. Matt Ingebretson is in mm-hmm. it. Um, partner on Charla is in it. Adam Lustig is in it. I don't know any of those people. Um, fucking Lance Reddick is in it. He. Oh, he might be on my. He, he was, might be in my new show. The guy, the guy from Yo Gabba Gabba. No, um, the guy who was Lieutenant Broyles from Fringe. Did no. you watch Fringe? No. He was also in. Oh, he's the guy from The Wire. The Wire, and, uh, which Lost. I haven't seen yet. But, oh yeah, yeah. But he's. I don't like him. He always looks like he's like white. He's like walking. He always walks around like he's like. His body is a. Dude, he must figure. be ripped as fuck. He's ripped as fuck. He just like he just always seems like he's acting. He'll just be like. And that flexing his muscles with his chest oiled and being like. War is hell. I don't know. He's, I don't like that guy. <laughs> they, oh, man. Corporate is so fucking good. I don't want to like it. I don't even want to see it. Good for them. Watch it. <laughs> Wait. Watch it. <laughs> I put my hand no, up. I'm not narrating that. <laughs> um, so, I feel like this has been a pretty... Oh really? I feel like Pretty... I feel like I blew it. I feel like this was the least funny I've ever been. No, this was good. You heard me laughing. You remember, but you I've, I've heard you laughing on funny people on your podcast before. I've listened to other episodes. Oh no, dude, you you got it. Well, I, I'm not fishing, but <laughs> if there's ever an episode two, I feel like I'd have a whole different approach. <laughs> I feel like I need to control the interview more. I need to go in funny directions, and not just tangent off. I'm, no. like, I'm depressed. I didn't succeed when I was 22. I encourage tangents, and also, I've already asked all the questions. Yeah, no, that was good. Those are good questions. Yeah, thank you. Sure. I mean... I gotta get more, like, conan with my interviews. Like, you just need to set up your own anecdotes. <laughs> rather than just, like, bitch about diabetes. No, That's not well, a good podcast topic. D- dude, uh, our re-interviews, re-colon interviews mm-hmm. on TV, I like it more when there's more surprise. Like, when there's... When when it's like, but hey. I'm still surprised. Just be funny about it. I could just be funnier. No, but I know. But like, you know how? Say that you were like mm-hmm. um, Charlize Theron or something, and mm-hmm. then I go, oh, so I heard that you took a trip to the Poconos, and she's like, yeah, we're gonna. And the only reason why they bring it mm-hmm. up is because it was discussed beforehand. Yes. And it just seems, it seems like, placeholder, placeholder. Oh, placeholder, placeholder, placeholder. And then you're like cool and that could be funny too but i like it when it's like wait what what's happening what the fuck yeah, yeah. What? no i mean this could part i don't want to shit on my own work especially in my own work <laughs> this is still the podcast so like, me talking about how the podcast is bad is only we just got meta making, on you guys. I know, i'm like literally making it bad by talking I'm like, this is what getting old is it's just spiraling in your own fucking hatred of yourself like publicly that's not how you succeed in life. The self-hate podcast just always ends with just like, I wasted your time and mine. Good night. It would be the Flawedcast. If yeah, the, the Flawedcast. If that exists out there. 
We didn't even talk about Netrunner. Uh, do you know you're, you're like a message board hero? I was on a Netrunner. It's all deleted now because I got banned from this message board. But I was like, oh, I, I, I was telling a story. I'm like, because I've been playing Netrunner like 16 hours a day. Yeah. Well, more like 8 to 12 a day. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I bought like Netrunner off this like, you know, comedian who like, he was like a Mormon comedian who like had to sell all his stuff. And, everyone, and I told the story, like, then I was like, yeah, and I got a Netrunner, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, tell me more about that guy. He plays Netrunner. He sounds kind of interesting. <laughs> like, he's a comedian and he plays Netrunner. He lives in LA. Like, tell me more. And they made a deck based on you. What? There's a deck, I should say, it's called Mono Mormon Couch Surfer. What? On yeah, I'll send you Mono Mormon Couch Surfer on Weed. Oh. And our deck. Oh, hell yeah, yeah, I've been playing it. It's like a popular, like, trended in the community. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a awesome. real story. I was going to reveal it on the podcast. I, I forgot. <laughs> it's still going. It's yeah, still so going. Oh, it's, it's like a hot, it's a, it's a hot deck in the Netrunner community. It's the Mono so Mormon, dope. It's a couch surfer. Like all the, all the cards are themed. There's like someone who's got like the free spirit idea. Like, <laughs> like the bohemian idea. Like they play like certain. And there's a guy who has like two pages. Like, I thought this card like catered to his personality. While still like creating fundamental Netrunner. You're like, like I know this motherfucker. I was I was in tears. I was like, thank you so much. I can't wait, wait to physical? No, it's on the online. Well, it's a list of cards. Like the, it's a list of cards you would build your own deck and you can play digitally. So it's like you play it in tournaments and be like, yeah. oh, I know this deck. <laughs> this is Mono Mormon Couch Surfer and Weed. <laughs> People are playing with a deck based on me. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, you're you you became a, wow. a meme in the Netrunner community. Netrunner, thank you. If it's still going, holy shit. Yeah, well, I was banned and they deleted all that stuff because I got a little. A guy came at me. And I was like, I think you're really mad on this message board. Like, when was the last time you had an orgasm? And that the moderator is one of those, like, he moderates a Netrunner message board. So he's already, yeah. like, a grad student. Or he's a little type. bit of type A. He's maybe. a little weirdo. Yeah, he's a little weirdo. And he went on this tangent where he's like, oh, you can't talk about people's sex lives. And I was like, ask him if he had an orgasm. Like, you can have a, you can have an orgasm without a sex life. <laughs> yeah. And then he left this, like, two-page on, like, the nature of gender and sexuality response on a Netrunner message board. Where, uh -huh. like, maybe I was inappropriate. He made it political, and you were just trying to be like, hey, man, just go jerk off or something. You're mad. Yeah, like, I think you're, like, you're a little backed up is what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. And he gave me this whole tweetsie on gender. And I was like, I don't, like, this is weird that I'm on a game, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, basically a card game, and you're, like, teaching me about gender. Yeah. And I don't think you're in a position to teach me, because I know all there is to know about gender. Because I am woke as fuck. I lived in San Francisco for 11 years. I was polyamorous. You don't think I know a thing or two about a thing or two? pronouns? Yeah. You don't think I know about transgender, like, shit? All I do is get in people's face about transgender shit. It's the best way to win any argument. So for him to be like that, and then you were like, well, fuck I, didn't, you. I just skinned it. I'm like, see, I, in my head, I was just like, I came here to learn about card combinations, and you're yeah. teaching me about your definition of sexuality. <laughs> if like jerking off counts as a sex life, because like some people consider that. I don't know. Like it was like I felt like he was ten times more inappropriate than I was. And then he asked for a public apology, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I used the O word. That's what I said. And yeah. He's like, you're, and I was like, I give you permission to ban me. He's like, you don't give me permission. I'm the. He was like, <laughs> uh, and he was like, I give you permission. And I'm like, well, I give you permission to say that because at that point it was like all I could say. <laughs> and it escalated. I don't it became know. like a power thing of like I run this and you're like, yeah, well, you run this, like, okay, okay. Like you can ban me, but I can make a new account in like five seconds. <laughs> like your power is you can inconvenience me for one minute and make me change my screen name. Which I was going to do anyway, because I like funny <laughs> screen names. 
I'm not trying to build a brand. I just want to talk combos. What's the Anarch deck? What's the Shaper thing? What's going on with Ag Infusion? Wait, so... Um, These wait, are never runner questions. So was I a runner? or You were a runner. You were an Anarch runner. Okay, yes. Played by the Free Spirit ID. <laughs> And I forget the rest. I think you, you ran a lot of like uh, like, free, like free spirit with the idea. I can look it up. I, I saved it for sure. I play with it sometimes. It's a good deck. Awesome. Yeah, the guy who made it. Holy I shit. I got to get in contact with the guy who made it and just be like, hey, you know how you made that deck? That's me. I was like, y'all got to watch him live stream himself smoking weed in the middle of the day. And everyone get in there and talk Netrunner at him. Dude, someone, uh, there was, sometimes, there'll be, like, a group of, like, three or four that'll pop onto Twitch sometimes when mm -hmm. I would do the mm -hmm. stream co, and, um, sometimes they just pop on, and then they'd see that I'm smoking weed or whatever, and they're just like, mm -hmm. and then they'd pop off, like, less than a minute later, and I'm like, what was that? Mm -hmm. What was that all about? Would you mind doing an episode where I interview you? Like, has, has your, has your podcast had that? Um, it hasn't. Not really. There, there was one... There was one where someone was like, I'm going to interview you for a minute. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay. <laughs> I think you're more interesting than me, especially you're in a very interesting point in your life. I feel like you have a lot. Like, Dude, I have a lot swirling around, a lot uh, while I keep my feet on the ground, a mm -hmm. lot um, that I'm trying to sound, and a lot uh, something else that would rhyme, like rhyme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, this is like a five-hour podcast. Anyone who still listens to this email, me, I'll give you five hundred dollars. <laughs> you know those grad students when they'd write their dissertation, they put a twenty-dollar bill in it and put it on the thing, and come back twenty years and see if anyone read their paper. And it would always put me in there. <laughs> that's uh, the myth. That's the old. That's like the old myth of like grad students always put like a five-dollar bill in it just to see if anyone ever opened their thing. <laughs> this like is my. That. If anyone still listens to the podcast, I will send you five dollars if you email me <laughs> and say you made it this far. That's all you have to do. Hey, PayPal. The, the, podcast, the podcast recently got 100,000 hits. What? Yeah. 100,000 people? On my website. So people might listen to this podcast? Mm -hmm. Thousands of people? Uh-huh. Oh, man, I, I want to start over. Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds of... <laughs> you have 100,000 views on your podcast. Hundred of thousands. Hundred you have 100,000 views. Uh, for December. In December alone? Mm -hmm. How did you get 100,000 views? Uh, dude, at, at a certain point, the, the hits started spiking, and it was the... Um, the one where I was like, oh, now I'm getting, like, a good, like, 6,000 hits a day. Just like, 6,000 people psh, psh, a day? I want to start over. I can do much better. <laughs> I can do much better. Oh, dude. But again, like, so the stats that I have are through the site and the hosting that I bought four years ago. And there wasn't, uh, there was Libsyn, but I was like, that's $20 a month. I don't, I'm not a fucking millionaire. And then there was like Podbean, which was another option, and I was like, but I have to... if you're getting a hundred thousand views, throw the twenty bucks at it, man. I can't even. I don't like my. Extra... Can you get? Could that lead to anything? Could you start advertising for stamps or something? Uh, wh whoever and whatever company addresses me, and they're like, "Yo, we heard about your mm -hmm. podcast. We want to." Then I might, you know, let you them spend money to let them to, advertise on my shit. Make money though. Um. 
I know, right, I, don't but, mean, I don't mean to do it like we just talked about capitalism. I'm not trying to be like, you know, <laughs> no, I know. You should spend money, make more money. But if I got, but if I got sponsorship, and then they were like, yeah, just do a Blue Apron ad or just do a fucking Lynda.com ad, then I'd be like, yeah, okay. And then a promo code Yamatat. My friend Jess should interview you. You, I, you probably don't remember my friend Jeff. She came, Jeff, she came to the, sh- the first show, and she's like your biggest fan. Hey, um, I think that I think I think an interview with you could be the Louis. Uh, or, the Louis Marin, that episode. I oh, think that okay. could be the one. I think that's when, when Bull, like, that could be the... The one where people go, oh, this Start guy. on this one. Start on the interview where they get into his head. <laughs> and then <laughs> listen to him interview other people. That could be 210. This is 209. I believe in that. I, I believe you're the more interesting person in the room for a podcast. 100,000 views. I mean, 100,000 people agree with me. They're hey, tuning in for me. Dude, that's true. And it's all over the world. I don't know. How, how do you, like, not walk around with, like, a fame boner off that? Because... Well, again, I look at the stats on my own. Like, I just go into the thing. Could you get A-listers like, if you call David Cross and be like, I have 100,000 views this week. Want to do my show? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how to get a hold of him. Hey, David Cross, I'll interview you. Call his agent. <laughs> I don't know. If you, if you, if you have 100,000 views, I mean, maybe not David Cross. I took screenshots, too. There was this one time around April of last year mm-hmm. that uh, the podcast, like the the stats were going up and going up and going up, and I was like, "Holy shit, April! This is like the biggest mm-hmm. month I've ever had!" And it was dwarfed by December. Do you, uh, do you know the stats on the Joe Price that's episode? New, that's a new, huh? Do you know the stats on the Joe Price episode? How many I, people listen to that? I could look them up. I'd be interested. Okay. Just out of curiosity, not the second. Part. Yeah, my like, I'll I'll show you. Um, but yeah, so April, I was like, "Holy shit, April!" And then like May first. May second. I would check. I used to check it every day to just be like, I would. I'd maybe check it there's all the time. maybe there's an up in bandwidth or something. Maybe there's an up in hits or whatever the fuck. And and then like May second, I go back to look at April again to compare mm-hmm. it. And April is gone. All my stats are just gone. It says well, zeros somewhere though, zeros right? across the board in screenshots that I took. Yeah. Okay. Well, what it, could you show that to a potential so, advertiser? So April. Well, I don't know. Like I'm probably Are you on not... the iTunes store? Don't they rank on iTunes? Uh huh. How what's your rank like? Is it like I have no idea. That's that's the number, right? Where where do you look up rankings? I thought it, I don't really do the podcast thing, but I, I understand that they all have rankings on iTunes. Cause also I, in your genre. Because of because of the amount that I've stayed away from Apple, like there's a lot of Apple stuff that I just don't know about and I fucking love uh basking in that ignorance of just like Hey, I don't know that company. I mm-hmm. use this company, and I always have. Mm-hmm. And so when it's like, oh, I Apple, should I should talk. People assuming no one would listen to this. I should talk, Jake. <laughs> Jake, yo, it's your boy. It's all good. I, I should talk someone else too. I, I think I think Jake would appreciate having show business. He seems like he wants some show business enemies. Yeah. I don't want to be anyone's enemy though. No, that's not fun. I mean, we've only met a couple times. I don't know. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> I'll check out your show, I guess. Watch it. It's so fucking funny. I'm like, sure it's fine. Matt McCarthy's in it. I don't like it. Matt McCarthy, Baron Vaughn is in it. Who's Baron Vaughn? Is that the name? Baron Vaughn, dude. My He's DJ in... name was Baron Vaughn Bubble. Baron Vaughn is in Grace and Frankie. Baron Vaughn is also... It's a voice of Tom Servo in the new Mystery Science Theater. Okay. Oh, the new one. Who cares? And he did my podcast, and he did oh, cool. um, Duplex Comedy Suplex one time. Dope. And while, the... while he was on stage or floor... Mm-hmm. He he just stopped for a second. He just goes, "I think I love this show." <laughs> I was Dude, like, "Yeah, special thing, man. It should have been documented." <laughs> it's a 
the day I die, it's it can my missed be, opportunity. It can come back, and the thing is, like, when it comes back, I think it'll be, like, in a probably slightly bigger space that's not that space, and it'll, it can still have the same poster, the same whatever, but it'll be different, but it'll be my, sh- my show again. listen to your podcast. Hey, yeah, check it out. Check it out, everybody. Check it all out on the internets. Uh... If we're three hours in there, check it out. <laughs> I guess you check this out. These are the hardcore fans. These are like the cult heads. Keeping it culpable up in here. We dug into this. Estoy culpable. Shit, man. Should be actually soy culpable. Okay, I forgive you. Thanks. Yeah, I want to interview you. I want to. I want to prepare to interview. I have so many questions. Because okay. the thing is, my friend Jess, the reason she likes you is because she thinks about you a lot. Yeah. She thinks about you all the time. <laughs> she wrote a script where you were like a character in it, like not even, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. not even anything she wants. I shouldn't even tell that. It was going to be a surprise. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. The, the idea, I, I don't know if I should pitch it at this point. Should I me. Should I stop the recording? Whatever you want. It's your show. Well, I'll just continue to talk as long as you talk to me. We're going we're gonna to keep talking about other shit, but cool out. And this has been... You and me in Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp and... Alan Price. Thank you. All right, later.